Hey, please go to the end of the podcast for a listener warning statement, but don't play backwards or else you might summon a demon. Okay, la la la. This is the Insubordinate Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Insubordinate Teacher Podcast, and on this episode, we got 8-Ball back. How do we get David back, you ask? Well, rumor has it in Subblock C that he walked right into the warden's office, slapped down a big old file, and said, either I'm out of here or this goes public. And David walked. Now that's a real insubordinate teacher, not a sucker like us that had to go through a parole board. On this episode, we're going to be talking about summer jobs. Not just summer jobs for elementary school students, because that's child labor, but summer jobs for high school students, and most especially, summer jobs for university students. In particular, we're going to talk about maybe the worst job you can get in Canada, and that's tree planting. Is tree planting a cult? Hell yeah, it is. My two kids have been doing it, and they made a lot of cash, so bring on the cult. Welcome to the Insubordinate Teacher Podcast, uh, Farrah Roxanne. Thank you for having that song ready for us. We're all pumped. We're all ready to go. You know, we heard the opening song. <sighs> Feels good. Yeah, it's so, not, it's no sounded great. It sounded oh my God, David, you're here. <laughs> I'm here. You, that's amazing. What uh, what 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 brought you back? Uh, you weren't listening to my demands, and so I caved. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm I'm happy to have you back. I'm happy that, uh, you know, we're all together again. And once again, I will explain why, you know, uh, we took a year off. But, like, I'll do it in uh, through a format of misinformation mm-hmm. and, and like, some kind of, like, magical kind of um, innuendos. Oh. Okay? Please and then begin. people will figure out, you know, why we were gone for a year. Through yeah. magical innuendos. Magical yeah. innuendos. Okay. Or we can or we can stick to Christine's reason. Which, which was there was there was a hurricane warning and that's why we were gone for an entire year. <laughs> we were scared for a whole year. For a year. For yeah. So we can stick with that <laughs> we have one. We're gonna be really with... prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet you. We haven't introduced you yet. We haven't introduced you yet, so you're not a lot talking. All right. So this oh, is a podcast uh dedicated to Tolstoy's uh War and Peace. This is episode number uh, 382 and oh my god i'm gonna ask oh, the question no, no one more, more one more time has anyone read the book yet i've read <laughs> half of it you've read half of it okay there was a tornado warning so well, you couldn't read it either david <laughs> exactly david, I I, I, last i heard so you ordered you you downloaded an audio but found out that it only came in cassette form and then yeah. when it came in cassette <laughs> form you were like oh, I, I only have eight track because you're right. such a hipster, I mean, so yeah. you don't have yeah. you have you read it yet? Heard it yet? Anything? No, but um, I heard there's like a, a laser disc adaptation, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking into that. <laughs> I don't think I would, would even be able to sit through the uh, laser <laughs> through the movie. I know my mom's read it, but she's like a show off. Christine, she just read did it. it. To... Yeah, Christine, you've read it, right? I I had to in university. Can you can you just give me the lowdown? No. I rather not. <laughs> not even like there's some war, there's some peace. Everyone had a good time. Oh, and there were mistakes uh, made. Communist manifesto. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's Communist like 30 manifesto. pages. That's a little different. <laughs> oh my god. 
Miriam, we won't introduce you yet, but sometimes we worry about your mother. I just want you to know that, you know. That's so. true. I I have so many things to say, but I don't want to overstep my uh, my introduction yet. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just a guest right now, uh, David. Exactly. You missed uh, the last episode. You would have loved it. It's I all did. The, it's all the things that you love. We talked about the Bible, yeah, and then Christine talked. Uh, then Christine talked about Hitler. So um, two oh. of your favorite things. It really keyed me yeah. up that way. Yeah, that the, the Holocaust, <laughs> Hitler, and the Bible, all your favorite things. <laughs> a year all, off. It's all, uh, all the things that enough. make you uncomfortable, <laughs> boom, right back again. Right back into the things that make David uncomfortable. Yeah. All right, so uh, we can, oh, listen, before we, 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 uh, we start the actual podcast and the actual um, conversation, that we're, well, I'm, I'm still recording this, right, but the conversation we're supposed to be having, um, periodically, we're going to be doing something on this podcast where we try and emulate the Quebec education program. In the Quebec education program, David, would you say it's pretty universal, David, the Quebec education it's... program? As universal as can be. Right, because it's based on, begins with letter C, it's based on... Competencies. Competencies, that's right. So it's pretty universal, right? The content can be anything, but there's supposed Mm -hmm. to be competencies that, uh, that, you know, students will be able to to achieve, right? So because Dave and I are such excellent teachers, periodically we're going to be modeling the QEP in terms of, like, we're going to be doing things that we would expect students to do. So... One of the things that's in the program in the arts section, uh, and it's a crossover with language arts, is the expectation that you can make a persuasive argument as to whether or not you like a piece of artwork or whether there are other people, you know, it's a criticism, a critique, right? Yeah. Of art. Okay. So David and I both being music fans, mm-hmm. uh, one of us a little truer to music than the other. I don't want to say who, right? <laughs> Um, I don't know who we both we both come from a music background uh, I was part of a boy band for many years David your music background involves you getting a tattoo that's right that's right that's all and it takes the tattoo and what what is it it's it's a uh, I wish I wasn't Dixie or something like that what's on your your leg <laughs> tattooed on your leg <laughs> it's it's the music notes to uh, to whistling Dixie that's what it is <laughs> Right. Bold choice. Bold choice yeah, to get that. Yeah. Right. Timeless, you know. Timeless, right? Never right. ages. But anyone who <laughs> anyone who can read those notes, chances are they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna like you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> be into it. Um so uh, what's your what's your background in music? Why David, why um, music? Why music? Yeah. Um because I was a, a suburban teen and so guitar was like my birthright. Right. Right. It's right. urban white teen. So right. this is this is okay. how we do it. Okay. So yeah. so like uh so this is how we do it. Okay. So what, it what um what kind of music? Um I was into uh, punk, rock, grunge, all of the the stuff that uh wasn't part of your generation like, at all. Was not part of my generation. No, That's what I was trying to get at. Like, <laughs> I was a decade too late and, right. just, and I was a decade too yeah. early being in that famous boy band that I was in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I worked at a record store. Mm. I worked at the very famous Sam the Record Man. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you know we're gonna be talking about summer jobs and stuff like that. And that's what our this this episode is about. But I worked at Sam the Record Man, first one on the West Island, mm-hmm. and where where we're both from. We're both from the West Island. We are. We are indeed of Montreal for those international listeners. Listeners. Um, and the Sam the Record Man that was near me was like within bicycling distance. And then I was doing apparently so well at that Sam the Record Man, they sent me to the uh, one in Montreal downtown, oh, which required oh. like a bus, a metro, and then another bus 
for the exact same day. And yeah, it was a huge promotion to get there. And it was just fantastic that I got to spend like three hours more, on a bus. Yeah, and more like money. Minimum, on like minimum wage that was under $5. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But it did allow me to be working in a record store back when working in a record store meant something. Mm -hmm. right? And how so, long did you work there? Oh God, like on and off. The the owners were really nice. They would let us go away and come back. And it was they were oh, really nice. Not bad. So like on and off for like an extended period of time. I think like started when I was like 16 and then, you know, I, I think probably up until the age of like 21, like on and off, wow. but like yeah. the, at the perfect age that, so, you know, I can give you a little bit of a, a, an insight to what it was like when I was working there. So, you know, I'm working behind the cash, right? The front desk uh, and David, you come to me and, yeah. and you ask me like, um, can you show me where the alternative music is? Okay. There it is. That's it. Okay. Yeah. You know, so come, come, come and ask me the question. Okay. okay? um what hi there hi, yeah hi. yeah uh, um can you show me where the uh the alternative oh alternative music so what, what do you want like barry manilow um <laughs> no i'm thinking more like like smashing pumpkins yeah like that's not an alternative pilots. everyone listens to that shit you want to listen to something alternative go listen to barry manilow because you ruined alternative music all right when it was just us listening yeah. to it it was cool now yeah. that you losers are listening to it oh shit the yeah. manager's coming just buy it just buy it yeah that was me <laughs> okay that was basically me yeah. working at that store yeah oh my god all I right so many people like you at <laughs> those days yes yeah all right so you know we're gonna do this thing it's called uh love it hate it and uh the people uh so farah roxanne christine and our guests today we'll get to you in a second uh, guest we will mention who you are yet um you guys will decide who is the most persuasive uh david's going to talk about an album that he loves and then i'm going to mm -hmm. talk about an album that i hate we're not allowed to talk more than like let's say 40 seconds it's got to be quick it's got to be persuasive and uh, dave i understand uh, you wrote an opening song to this i did not something just with <laughs> love and hate uh, I have not yet, but uh, okay. I'll make up something. I'll so make up something off the top of my head, and then you fill please, in. Okay. Please. Okay. With love okay. and hate tattooed across the knuckles of his hands, I just came up with this on my own. Hands and slap his kids around because they don't understand that. <laughs> Go, Dave. Dave. Love is hate, and hate is love. <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a wacky sitcom. <laughs> All right, David. What album are you yeah. going to be sharing today that you love? Uh, I love uh, Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. All right. So go give it to yeah. us. Try and persuade these people right. as to why you like it so much. Okay. So it's uh, it's an album that has a nice blend of heavier, um, uh, more aggressive music that really appealed to me, to the, the, the punk side of me and the grunge side of me. But it also had these more layered, intricate string uh, arrangements that kind of opened my eyes to a bit like more um, of an idea of what music can be beyond just this basic three chord punk that I'd been uh, consuming. And so it it was a gateway album that that was a stepping stone to uh, to more intricate uh, music and a greater musical appreciation. Thank you. Oh, did you guys want to applaud him? It was pretty weak. So you don't. No one wants to oh. applaud. No. Very good. No. Very good. Very no. Good. No one seems impressed, <laughs> David, with your no, with your persuasive no. argument. Well, and this yeah, is this is modeling is as a teacher. And... This is modeling as a teacher. Okay. Now, let's get to the other side. Cue in the 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 demon music. The other side. The hate. Okay. The album that I hate is Bon Jovi's "Slippery When Wet." 
All right, now, I would sit at the cash. I would, it would be right in front of me, okay? This is a stupid album, and it's got, first of all, it's got this terrible font on it. I don't know what the font is. Maybe demon font or something like that. This is Bond.Jovi. What's the dot in the middle for? I have no idea. So the album cover itself, it, it looks like, okay, slippery when wet. Like, it, 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 it looks like it's basically like a garbage bag that's been sprayed with water, and somebody has written in it, slippery when wet. Okay, now, I'm not even going to get to the part about listening to the album, because you think, oh, is this album going to have something to do with road safety? No, nothing to do with road safety whatsoever. Okay, so you got that innuendo, slippery when wet, really just terribly done as an album cover. And is it supposed to be some kind of sexual innuendo? Well, if it is, I'm disappointed by what I'm seeing. So, you know, basically what I have to say is the album cover looks stupid, I don't like it, and it's right in front of my face. That's the album that I hate, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's that. what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, wonderful. Oh, Very concise. Yeah. I love that. All right, That's so uh, who won this debate? Love <laughs> or hate? Christine, love. you're first. Uh, I really like David's uh, <laughs> It was very persuasive. Uh, He's quite articulate. God. And you went way too fast. I couldn't hear half of what you said. <laughs> so David oh, my fault you can't keep up with me. I thank you. <laughs> All right. You know, Tara Roxanne, uh, who is more persuasive, love or hate? I'm going to go with hate. But because I'm biased and I also really hate Bon Jovi, Woo! so you yeah. really spoke. Yeah, so like... it's a really yeah. good choice. <laughs> All right, okay, Miriam. So tie. We'll introduce you uh, in a second. You're the tiebreaker. Okay, hard to decide, but I did love the way that you mentioned the Gateway album, David. I just Damn love it. a Gateway album. It just what opens up so many other possibilities. <laughs> I have to side yes. with my mom here. Gateway to but what? I do. This is the life right here, man. They said weed wouldn't lead to harder drugs. They lied. Find out the truth. I do have to say, I did really appreciate the hate as well. And Mm -hmm. especially how many times you did mention Bon Jovi, because at first I thought you said Bon Iver. And I was like, (laughs) literally when what? Like, that's Bon Iver. Do you have have some kind of like auditory kind of like imagination that you just kind of like are making stuff up or something like hallucination? What's, a, what's an auditory I need a lobotomy. Same it's thing? well known. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Well we known. might as well introduce our, our guest. We got a little bit of nepotism going on today. <laughs> well, you know, we have <laughs> Farrah Roxanne with us, and, you know, yeah. she's my daughter, so there's some nepotism it's true. there. Double then, nepo babies. Yeah. And then we have <laughs> David Emery, who proudly says that uh, he's my uh, favorite daughter. So we've got David as well. Yeah. And it's uh, been declared. It has been declared many times. Um, so we have uh, Miriam. Miriam, what's what? What is your last name? Is it Fauché? It sure is. It sure is okay. Is, baby. There's yeah. no, there's no like hyphen or something like that, like Miriam Thor no. Fauché or Miriam Awesomeness yeah. Fauché. I wish yeah. I do have two two middle names, Sophia mm-hmm. Lee. So if you want to be really official, my mom was really mad at me when I was young. She. Say Miriam Sophia Lee's Boche. It happened very rarely, but I knew I was in trouble. And uh, apparently you went to school. I sure did. I did. I did. 
did a bachelor's degree in art history and film studies. Wah, wah, wah. It was very lovely. <laughs> Loved being at school at Concordia. Lovely institution. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered uh, Broader Horizons. And I was like, maybe... Maybe so it's the gateway. It's the, it's the gateway thing. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It's the gateway. Yeah. Gateway. Exactly. So yeah, Concordia, you went, what years did you go to Concordia University? Mm, I was there from, I think, 2014 to 2017. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Graduated mm. quite a while ago. No, that's not a uh, while ago. That's, that's, well, that's... I went to Concordia. I'm Concordia alumni. Relevant. I did my bachelor's and my master's that's there at Concordia University. Respect. It was it was very, very cool. Very cool atmosphere. It uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of like the um, like it was it was always at odds with McGill, yeah. right? Yes. And so, and so, yeah. so there, there was there was kind of a cool kind of atmosphere about like you know we we were totally wrong. By the way, we kind of looked at McGill and we thought McGill was like filled with people who were like, oh, we're, we're, are we having cigars and wine later? I was like, we all had that. Exactly. Kind of, not, McGill's not like that at all, but we all had that sense it was like that. Yeah. And uh, so we were, we, we really felt like we were the rebels. We were totally wrong, but you know, we thought. We were... I say, Robot House, your watercraft is as ill designed as you yourselves. Good one, Chet. <laughs> I can confirm, yeah, there's never been like a cigar lounge that I've seen yeah. at McGill. Like, and, yeah. and cigar and wine, I don't know why I said that. Not I said cigar and brandy, David. Why did yeah. you correct me right away? <laughs> I was just stunned by the comparison. You were, you were so, you were, I saw you gag a little bit like you were going to throw throw up, right? Being the West Island yeah. kid that you are, right? Yeah. Who went to McGill? Who went to McGill, yeah. <laughs> Cigars and brandy? <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so you, do you remember your mom going to school when she was uh, studying for her uh, bachelor's of education? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do remember some bouts of it being really stressful for her mm-hmm. and it was a lot to manage obviously not to get into full details but raising a, a daughter like me not mm-hmm. easy yeah um but more in the sense that like she was somewhat of a single mother and then having to go back to school sort of unexpectedly I remember that being really stressful and I had no idea what was going on um but, you, but you, she you've always heard the, like, you've heard the podcast though right Yes, I have. You know your mom's catchphrase to her life back then when she says, pimpin' ain't easy. Right? Pimpin' ain't easy. She always said that. How it was so difficult for her to go to to, to be in a Bachelor of Education program, be a pimp, raise a daughter. Exactly. Raise a daughter. And not not let the, you know, make sure the daughter didn't know that she was was the pimpin' king. Man, I was hustling. Mm -hmm. I was pimpin', I was hustling. Mm Slapping butts and telling them to get back to work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So there, there was. You were talking about how she would like wig out at you and smack you around when she got upset. Exactly. She'd say my full name. Yeah. That's right. The day I was born. There's the segue. Exactly. (laughs) Gateway. Always the gateway. The theme of this episode is the gateway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. But I remember There, there is a reason why you're on this podcast. This this episode, by the way. That'll 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 become evident soon. Are you ready? No. Or I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You're waiting. Yeah. When? When will it become? Okay. We're all waiting. <laughs> we have one again. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Farrah Roxanne, can you play the news so everybody knows what we're talking about? Yes, I can. 
Don't worry, I edit all this stuff out because she takes so long. I'm going to leave that in now. <laughs> Thanks, Stone. Okay, so uh, here's what we're talking about in a nutshell. Basically, when school comes to an end, it doesn't matter whether you're in high school or whether you're in SEJEP or whether you're in university. Usually there's a lot of pressure on a kid to want to go get a summer job. I mean, that is, uh, let's say, if you don't have a job going through the entire year. But even when you have a job going through the the entire year and it's a part-time job, usually you want to have a full-time job. Why do you want to have a full-time job? Well, there's a lot of pressure to have that full-time job. You know, maybe there's something that you need to to buy yourself. Maybe you're putting yourself through school. Maybe you got a shitty boyfriend uh, from the business department uh, who's, like, whining and complaining that he wants a PlayStation, a new PlayStation, and you think, I guess I got to be the person to buy it for you because you don't seem to want to get off your ass and do it yourself. Anyway, so you go get a summer job. So there's a lot of different summer jobs you can get. It's kind of a rite of passage. Well, it is a rite of passage many kinds of, many, in many ways. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about, like, uh, you know, what are some of the kinds of summer jobs that uh, we've had and that uh, kids have and whether or not, you know, even they should have summer jobs and what should those summer jobs entail and is there any kind of oversight uh, whatsoever we should be um, uh, perhaps um, uh, doing as teachers? <sighs> anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, don't get a shitty boyfriend from the business department. Back to you, Stone. Thank you very much, Stone. That was very concise and very informative. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking about talking about child labor laws. I, I People from my generation love talking about child labor laws as we had none. And, you know, you guys are little pampered princes and princesses. And uh, maybe we will. Maybe we'll talk about, like, scammy child labor laws. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it's, it's a rite of passage, right? summer jobs there is that kind of pressure like as soon as you get to a certain age to have a to have a summer job and we'll get to why we have miriam on this uh, episode uh in a little while but i just want to go around and hear what was your first summer job or your first job that you had uh christine let's start with you because you will say something uh that's gonna like shock everybody about what you did uh in boston as a summer job we'll just assume you were um burying bodies for the mob or something <laughs> like that uh christine what were you doing what was your first summer job that's so how old so three four three or four burying. i was 13 burying. okay i was 13 and i babysat i was a baby it's not a job it's not a job unless there is a demon after you or a serial murderer <laughs> And then if that's oh. happening, it's a job. Otherwise, how is babysitting a job? Okay, never mind. Then when I was 15, I, I started working. <laughs> <laughs> she gave up so quickly. Yeah. Babies are low-key demons. Like. Yeah. And the Boston Strangler was out there. Exactly. Yeah. A very Boston scary Strangler. job. Wait, how old are you saying Christine yeah. is? <laughs> Wasn't that in the 70s? Uh, no, yeah. that was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> oh, the 1870s. Did you yeah. say? Did it? Boston Strangler. Oh, Boston. No, that was yeah, that was started like the 50s. In the 60s, early 70s. Uh, they sorry. Or they they gave up. They never found him. Yeah, but it was back it was back in the days when a guy could knock on a door and say, "Madam, I represent yes. a talent agency and I think you have a fantastic figure. Can I come in and measure you?" And women were like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that works anymore. 
Okay, so it was babysitting, Christine. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, don't be sad. Cry. What, what was what was the job? So I babysat for three little three little boys. Mm-hmm. They were very close in age, and they were. Were they all building like little houses and stuff like that? One out no, of straw. But they were terrors. One out they of sticks. Terrors. They were terrors. <laughs> One out of bricks. Go on. Sorry, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I was just trying to help. That's it. Context building. So watch them uh, almost every day. How much did you get paid? And, huh? How much did you get paid? I don't know. It's it was pittance, you know. I mean, compared to what um, babysitting is today, I'm sure it was below, you know, minimum wage. Oh, you, you weren't know? making minimum wage. Yeah, that's absolutely maybe three dollars an hour. Maybe let's say three dollars or four dollars an hour. I've never been so inspired to go to my mom's house and mow the lawn because I found out a kid down the street is charging her fifty dollars to mow her lawn. Oh. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, I refuse. I will spend $50 on gas to drive to your house so that that little shit is not charging you $50 to mow your lawn. It's it's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. That's nuts. Okay. Christine, the first job that you had, like, uh, as a student or when you, like, it was actually like a registered job, like you were paying taxes and stuff like that. Okay, well, I taught English as a second language. You like life. you went from like high school, like oh, to okay, teaching well, English paying as... taxes. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry, I skipped McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's, yeah. There's lots there of stories you about you doing really <laughs> inappropriate things with Ronald McDonald, the statue. Slinging hash. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about those inappropriate things you did no. with the statue and how no. like. If social media existed back then, you'd be yeah. in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. David, we all know what your first job is. Was yeah. Yeah. You know? Do oh, you? Absolutely, I know what your first job was. Please enlighten us. Oh, uh, oh, lifeguarding. Yes, it was lifeguarding. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Matt, 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 stop splashing, man. Matt, listen to me, it's Dave Emery. I don't care. I don't need to use the whistle. This is this this is me. When I do that, everyone knows that's my thing. I don't care if you're my little brother, Matt. You gotta stop splashing. I don't care if you tell mom and dad. I'm the boss. Listen. See, that's me. I'm Dave Emery. So help me God, Matt. So help me God. I'm not gonna let you ride in the back of my... Todd, stop doing that stupid whistle. Find your own thing. Okay, Matt. Todd, I swear to God. Okay, no one's gonna listen to me. Okay. I'm Dave Emery. I'm just gonna put on my disc man and I'm gonna listen to Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. The world is a vampire. You guys are all losers. It's so dark. I'm David Emery. I thought you were gonna pull out some wild something or other. No, I mean, no, like, I was a lifeguard. Such, was I don't understand. You were such yeah. a West Island kid. Yeah, that yeah. you were right. a lifeguard, and it seems like every kid from the West Island was a lifeguard, and that yep. you were all sitting in like what, like at like a, like all of your backyard pools that you were just lifeguarding in, and your parents were paying you. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have been. But there's tons um, of like that. Is there that many? Yeah, pools? the lifeguards everywhere. There are many, many pools. There are on in the West Island, 35, 40 pools. Wow. Uh, community pools, and then there's also condo pools, and there are the indoor pools as well. Okay, so, where so was, how old were you? First place. Sixteen. And uh, so you didn't have a job. You have to, like sixteen was the first time you had a job. Yeah, you have to you have to be sixteen to be a lifeguard, and uh, before that, uh, I was just. Spending my summers, I would swim until mid-August to go to competitions. Preparing. Preparing. Preparing for your job. Your father's yeah. like, can you like yeah. mow the lawn? And you're like, Dad, I got to no, train. No, I got to swim. I got to train. I got to train. 
<laughs> practicing my CPR, you know. You never even like were a paper boy, like you know, oh, have a no, paper I, route. No, no, I was I was an athlete, so oh. it was all about the sports. That's that was. I was I was a I was a paper boy. I did that like at a, ah. at a stupid stupid young age. Um, I think we were God, we must have been in like grade four. And wow. and at, in those days, it was the 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 Gazette and the Star, and then there was like, and we'd come home from school, and there'd always be like, like a a mom that was responsible for all the newspapers, and then after school we'd deliver the papers, and then the Gazette, I seem to remember, uh, decided to go for morning delivery, yeah, and then we switched, everyone switched the morning delivery, and that was hell yeah that was terrible i can imagine that was absolutely absolutely horrible having to deliver papers in the morning and i don't know oh, yeah. i was such an airhead i have no idea how i did it <laughs> so I, got, I was such an airhead i have no idea how i got up and did it must have been on like autopilot uh yeah. because i have no idea how the newspapers were delivered i wouldn't have trusted me with <laughs> who's to say that they were we don't know yeah yeah when i would go when i would go at night and i'd i'd get the the money from like uh, uh from the houses mm. and uh i the next day when i would deliver newspapers i'd be finding like finding two dollar bills and five dollar bills all over the place because so i just have this big wad of money and I'd be like stuffing it into my pockets. They'd be wow. falling out all over the place. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real uh, Cyrus move. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, Cyrus. Those people that don't uh, know that, that is uh, my my son, Cyrus. Um, Farrah Roxanne, your first summer job. Uh, well, I won't say babysitting because I heard what you think about that. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I guess my first real real job would be working at the university bookstore. How was it? I should do it over the summer also. Mm -hmm. And shockingly, no one wants books from a university bookstore over the summer. <laughs> so it was yeah. long hours of absolutely nothing and having to pretend to look busy because you would get in trouble if you weren't busy. <laughs> <laughs> like tourists, tourists, tourists yeah. just coming in and going like, yeah. we've got a long drive to Saskatchewan. Yeah. I'm wondering, <laughs> do you have a second level course book on like calculus? <laughs> Because my five-year-old is really getting really antsy. Do you have oh something like goodness. that? <laughs> that was so boring. <laughs> but like, what about all the swag? So much swag. Yeah. What about the swag? <laughs> like, how did it sell? You know, like, were you interested in the swag? Were you what wondering? Kind of were, you, did you get? were you wondering what else they could put their damn brand name on? Like, on. what else they yeah, could do? Yeah, you know, I did. I did get a discount on all the swag, and shockingly, I bought nothing. <laughs> It did, did not appeal to me. I've been staring at it all day. Did they like tell you to like to, to clean out the uh you know the dust out the shot glasses with the university logo on them? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> that was really fun. Sounds like fun. <laughs> all right, Miriam. Uh what was your first summer job? My first summer job, also not gonna talk about babysitting because we don't approve. <laughs> but my other first summer job was working at Bleu Lavon, this lavender field in Fitch Bay. Oh, I lived wait, what's two Fitch minutes Bay? away. What's Fitch Bay? Fitch Bay. Fitch Bay is, oh, Yeah, and oh, okay. said like 20 minutes away from Sherbrooke okay. or Magog. Right. I can't really remember. But I worked at the boutique. I was 14 and I had to sell these expensive lavender products to wealthy, wealthy people. And I had no idea. But normally you about. smell like patchoula. I exactly. Patchouli. Yeah. Absolutely. They're like, oh Patchouli. no. Patchouli or patchoula? <laughs> It's patchouli. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I come from the art world. We so. say patchoula. We put a little yeah. bit of a patchoula. accent on it. Patchouli, yeah. patchouli. So, but so was there a competition between the lavender smell and the patchouli smell? It was. It was in my my sweat and tears. Uh, it was really stressful. I had no idea what I was doing. I was handling so much money, and I was so young, so afraid. Uh, but I know I, lavender I brought in that much money. Are you sure you weren't working with a cartel? Oh yeah, it, it probably. <laughs> Do you know what you were picking? <laughs> no, I don't. Don't put no, that in the pot. No, really. What? It, what? The, the the lavender flowers grow, and then what do you do? We've seen enough. Well, you, you, you have to the harvest goals. the lavender. I never harvested it. I just worked in the boutique, just selling the, the products. The I was I was the face of the company. Mm -hmm. We sold like chocolate flavored lavenders. Oh, and, like, oh my God. Um, oh, it was anything, anything that you could dream of, like sprays and like gels for massages. It was a pretty elaborate elaborate thing. And a lot of people came out to the fields. And I worked there with my best friend. And both of us would just like commiserate about working there. She was 15 at the time and I was 14. And I was so excited to get a summer job. I was like, mm -hmm. finally, I can buy some candy. David <laughs> just texted me on the side and he wants to know where their lavender condoms. Oh my God. I wish I would have bought them. <laughs> but no, they're like, they're 15. Oh my God, girl. Yeah, gotta be prepared. Gotta be prepared for the, for the years to come. Like, you never know. You, gotta, you never know. Any other questions you have? So, so the answer is the no? <laughs> Sadly, no. I feel like you could patent that, though. Invent it now. They'll, they'll buy it from you for millions. <laughs> all right. So um, these, were, these were all kind of uh, uh, regular jobs, I think, that people mm -hmm. had, right? What are what are the regular jobs that um, you know in a in high school, for instance, you expected your friends to kind of jobs you expected them to to get? And keep in mind, this is like a it's a rite of passage, right? But not all countries expect you know their youth to go out and get a job in the summertime. What's mm -hmm. the what's the average age you think kids should get a summer job? Sixteen. That's the average age. At that point, like as a mother, you were like kind of looking at Miriam, going like, "Get the hell out of here!" No, she's the one who wanted to work. I yeah. kept telling. I was her, so I desperate to work. Yeah. Were you? The day I turned fourteen, I was like, "Who has a job for me?" Yeah. I remember being really, really excited about working. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Why. You, I don't you, know. Went, you went and applied with Michael. I didn't go with you. Yeah, Did that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think I went I went with Michael and Zoe, who was my yeah, best friend, and we both got the job at the same time. But I had been thinking about it for so long, and I was just so obsessed with making my own money. Because you're a slave to capitalism. Which I like, I wasn't really, yeah, for real capitalism. It was mm -hmm. like, hey, Miriam, what do you think about capitalism? And I was like, yes, please, let me in. <laughs> so um, what, did you, what did you do with the money that you made? Well, that's the thing. I can't even remember. Like, probably. My mom took it. I paid rent, baby. Like, <laughs> I had to pay rent from a very young age. You didn't want her to yell at you with your full name again, so you just handed the money well, that's over. The thing. Like, <laughs> here, here. Better make, make my own cut. money. Uh -huh. I think I just bought ticket for tickets for Fallout Boy and Panic yeah. at the Disco. Yeah. Oh. Fair Roxanne, were you were you like uh you weren't pushed to get a summer job by your parents? No. No. I don't I wasn't. I don't I don't think I ever was. No. But then I got the bookstore just called to you. <laughs> <laughs> she was like that's I, a job I, I got it me. when I was starting yeah. uh stage up 
And so it was just kind of an easy mm. job to to go get because at that point I was going to start going out with friends more and it was nice to have my own money to do that. But but there was, there was pressure on you from other people to get a summer job. Me? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because I guess like at around 15, 16, people around me were all getting jobs. Mm -hmm. And so me saying that I wasn't getting a summer job sometimes I looked like maybe like a freeloader yeah. or like a slacker but <laughs> at home you you and mom were like I because there was no pressure for me to have to move out when I started Sage Up University no that's so not how we, that's not how we do things over here yeah so there were there was no pressure to I have to start saving up money right now to go and some and some countries yeah. you know it's against the law for students to work like in the more mm. progressive Scandinavian countries Hmm. where there are very strict anti-student uh, going to work laws and they just pay these kids to stay at home and smoke marijuana and uh, eat fish and they just send them like piles of money and if they want to work they go okay you can work but only as a masseuse for serial killers that we barely put in jail they're so advanced they're so advanced yeah. that you know they think oh these kids shouldn't work at all david back me up you've heard the this utopia right? it's a utopia right? it's, it is there's so <laughs> much more advanced than we are right yeah. in those scandinavian countries mm -hmm. right 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 absolutely <laughs> okay so we read, <laughs> we read we read an article and this is why miriam's here today it's uh was from where was it from it was from the ottawa citizen Ottawa Citizen. Yes. Yes. Ottawa Citizen. Yeah. And it was talking about it was talking about summer jobs, summer jobs. And there is a we'll get to some of the uh, the typical summer jobs that uh, students get. Um, but there is the, the 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 prototypical, the archetypal Canadian job that we all heard about, even people as old and as Christine and I, which is the ultimate Canadian summer job. And that is tree planting. Everyone heard about it. Mm. Everyone heard about it. Uh, David, did you hear about tree planting? Absolutely. If you yeah. weren't lifeguarding, you were tree planting. <laughs> <laughs> and did you think about uh, doing it? Did any of your friends do it? I, I did think about doing it. Um, I had done a road trip in a van uh, one year <laughs> and spent all this money going out west. And then I thought, well, why don't I go out west and, and make some money? But uh, other things came up. And so... You know the lifeguarding call it's it's hard it's a siren it's hard to walk away from but uh, i thought about it i thought about it a lot for sure you know you know i'm, I'm gonna just little little just offshoot conversation here but yeah. lifeguarding is one of the more obnoxious jobs that your friends have in this as a yeah. summer job you yeah. know why it's it's obnoxious no please tell me because it's so clicky it oh, is very it's clicky. so clicky you know it what it, what is a strong yeah second to lifeguarding maybe worse camp counselor oh, <laughs> that's clicking. god i yeah but lifeguards like we're we're worse because not only are we clicky amongst each other we also judge the camp camp counselors like, um we've we've made a tier list yeah but we're listen, at the top i don't think you yeah. understand i'm a camp counselor so i'm also a lifeguard yeah okay and i do art therapy too right that's that's what my wife and sometimes i help cookie the cook cook Right. And sometimes mm. I'm basically a psychologist because I work with like yeah. the girls who are having problems. Yeah. Right. And I also met my first boyfriend there. So they're the most obnoxious. The the mm -hmm. camp counselors are the most it's like a cult. Yeah. And now we'll get to the cult, the real cult, which is tree planting. <laughs>
There it is. <laughs> so, I heard about tree planting. I thought it sounded absolutely horrible. Prairie Roxanne, did you hear about? Did you hear about it? Have I heard about it? Yeah. No. What, did you hear about like your friends going off to tree planting? Did it ever come up as a? Uh, oh, oh well, none of us have jobs. We're all such losers. Let's all become tree planters. This is honestly, last option. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not hear about it when I was going to school. Really? Yeah. I never threatened you with tree planting. <laughs> no, you threatened me with lifeguarding. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's pretty it's, bad too. It really does sound like something to threaten, like especially like a young girl who's like feeling insecure. And I'm like, we're gonna put a bathing suit on you. You're gonna wear a bathing suit. We're gonna all put summer. you up <laughs> really hard for everyone to look at. <laughs> Christine, you're gonna have a whistle that you have to blow, and everyone's gonna look at you. Christine, <laughs> down in the states, the states, you guys don't talk about tree planting. You talk about oh. like joining the army or something like that, right? Yeah, joining the army and or the mob. The mob. That's right. <laughs> Did you hear no, about tree planting mob. in your days? No, no. It was the thing in 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 Massachusetts back then? No, no. It was just cleaning up after the summer of love and stuff like that. After Woodstock yeah. and those kinds of things, just doing that cleaning and burying bodies and burying bodies. Thank you. <laughs> How many people died in Woodstock, Christine? <laughs> More than I know. Actually, only one. Really? Yeah, one person died during Woodstock, and that person had it coming, right? Yeah. Okay. Miriam. <laughs> Miriam, now, as I understand from what you told me, you were quite the little princess growing up. Ooh, that I was. Yeah. Okay, maybe not. I did have a tomboy era when I was young. But, but it was only based on shirts age. that you wore. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. don't mess with I this still chick. still played with Barbie. Exactly. <laughs> Too hot to handle. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, definitely as a teenager for sure i was like no one will catch me doing any physical labor oh. i had my nails painted and i would straighten my hair all the time lots of makeup on as teenagers do mm -hmm. um so i was definitely not um in any way active like physically in a way that i might get money for it i guess um and not interested in doing that at all and then um i hadn't heard about tree planting either really it just kind of came up through um my best friend's sister that had been doing it for a while and i just spoke to a lot of people that had had really great experiences tree planting that had transformed them and i was like ooh Cult. What if I was transformed? It's that cult. sounds it's a cult. Really cool. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, what cult? Okay, so what happened? Yes. This girl, yes, this please. girl, she abducted you. She put you she in the did. back she of her car. She held me at gunpoint, and, and then, like, and then, what was what was the the quote unquote selling point of tree planting? The like, what, what point, got you? Funny, funny as it is, um, in the smallest, in the shortest way that I can describe it, I actually met all of these people in Tanzania at this girl's That's wedding mm -hmm. and we were by the pool at 4 a.m and i was talking to this guy that i had just met a few days before and he was talking to me about tree planting okay all right and just asking me a bunch of a bunch of questions about my character and oh my uh, god this sounds like a cult <laughs> jesus and then oh my uh, god yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, which I truly only thought was a conversation, he was like, "Once he, once he right. had like lowered, like all of your self esteem, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, you were at the pool at four a.m. Exactly. The lifeguard, the lifeguard is just looking everything. over at you. 
right? Exactly. From, from the, the lifeguard West Island. is no. The lifeguard is yeah. asleep at this point. Okay. It's only us. I've given him my banking information. Have like sold him my soul, <laughs> and he was just like, "All right, you're hired." And I was like. This guy sounds like a hipster, though. He was. He was. Um, and he turned out to be my crew boss. And oh. just a month ago, I went to his wedding in Vancouver. And so he turned out to be a very, very, very good friend of mine. Okay. Um, and through this, like, very seemingly, um, like, simple conversation, I just got the job of a lifetime and it just really fit and really clicked and I really didn't think it would in that moment but I think I just saw it kind of as a challenge and I was like okay rite of passage let's see what let's see what this tree planting business people love it they they absolutely love it they do I mean like you know I had the friends that came back after like two weeks and said it was horrible but the people that stuck with it absolutely loved it. David, any mm-hmm. friends who did tree planting? Um, only, only one. Um, but I've I've heard that whole like, um, people that they either quit right away or they push through and make it to the end, and then they're all in. But I always wondered like, how much is it that you just spent a whole summer doing this and you don't want to? <laughs> you need to justify it. That, like, <laughs> horrible things so you better you yeah, better yeah. loved it it's like yeah. it was a great decision shut up it was great <laughs> loved it loved it i Planted don't so regret anything loved it. Yeah. how 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 horrible is it honestly <laughs> no Miriam, how terrible is it it is it's it's horrifying it is really 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 bad most of the time like you're like days when you're like oh i should bring bug spray when you're like out in the countryside and you're like oh i just got bit once or twice like you cannot even imagine the amount of constant bug biting you go through and you just always live with basic amenities like you live out of a tent and you have these tiny shower stalls that you um, can shower in at the end of the day and if you're lucky they're warm most of the time they're cold and if you have like a month straight of rain you're just never dry you just live in a damp tent go to a cold shower and you're never indoors you just live in the bush and then on top of that you're doing this extru- excruciatingly hard job where you're just like bending over 2,000 times a day being paid by the scent for a tree and your trees have to be planted low-key perfectly like you have to we have a certain percentage that we have to attain um and at my company i think it was 96 percent so 96 percent of the trees that everyone plants has to be 100 percent. they have to be super straight planted in perfect microsites which are like high and um perfect soil so it's very demanding you have to use your brain which is uh contrary to what most people think but you have to really think well, about I mean, the like, that you're planting i understand that you're also supposed to be doing this chant the entire time you're doing it oh yeah absolutely. yeah you gotta like, like as you're doing it everyone Jesus. has to sing at the same time oh, yeah. put shovel oh, in make a hole put in tree move along mm-hmm. praise our god mm-hmm. our god is the crew boss mm-hmm. crew chief whatever like you guys have to sing it the entire time exactly right? we do or else 
you light up in flames and you go to hell <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and that's how forest fires start. That's right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the tree planters Someone didn't. You right. know it. Farrah it's the new generation of shitty like tree planters that, that are exploding into flame and causing fires <laughs> everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So like your first couple of weeks, you hate it. I hated it. And I was so behind on everyone. Everyone was planting like a thousand trees. But you were, how old were you when you did this? Like 42, 43? Yeah. 67. How old were you? Uh, how old were you when you did very, it? Very, very old age. Old. I started when I was 24. Okay. Um, which was much later um, than how the, the age that you should start. Right. A lot of people start around like their, their 20, 20th year on earth. <laughs> when they're like 20 20 or 21 um is there, is there so definitely like, older is there a guy like that shows up and he's like you know 55 and he's like uh hey yeah. my name's ron i got divorced and i thought you know what i never did this and i thought Can i'd come back it? and hang around with the young people and try this is there ever a guy like yes. that that shows up and then yeah, like so week, week three like, oh, my god. Yeah. oh my god oh my god yeah. <laughs> They usually don't last. Not no. Shocking. No. no. That sounds Shocking. horrible. Okay, so 24, you've never done manual labor. <laughs> they hand you this, like, piece of wood with a metal thing on one end and a metal thing on yeah. the other end. <laughs> they call it a shovel. Yeah, you exactly. hold it, like, you this hold goes it, in the like, ground? in an awkward... <laughs> Dave, how would one hold this object if first handed to them? Um... Well, is it thrown to them or are they just... <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 of course not. They're in a line. They get on their knees. They're handed this thing, right? There's yeah. a big glow behind well, the crew. It would cheap, be right? like two hands up. <laughs> you, yes, you on their knees, like on their knees, yeah. two hands up. They yeah. get it. Yes. So you get this object in your two hands, Miriam. Then what happens? My two hands. In my one hand, I have to, Whoa. I can't, I can't talk about this no. jokingly. Like no. it is a, a very serious matter. Holy shit. You are handed the shovel, mm -hmm. you hold it in your hand, and then you put, you shove it in the ground, open a hole. Like to be right away, enough. right in front of the crew chief when he gives you the shovel? Like first thing oh, you yeah, do is you absolutely. make a hole right in front of them? Yes, you have to prove yourself. They have to, they have to oh. see who is serious about this job. And okay. everyone else obviously is lit on fire. So I don't <laughs> you're the only one. Yeah. You're the chosen. You're the chosen. <laughs> exactly. Can you, tell, can you tell? Can you tell? Can you tell though, Miriam? Can you look around like after the first time, the second time you came back? Were you able to look around and go, you know what, kid? I don't even want to know your name. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. My yeah, second year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is really, which is really funny because um, I think it's more. People assume that it's physicality, people that are really fit, that yeah. will do really well no, planting. No, the, the, the more out of shape you are, the better you are at it. Exactly, because yeah. you're desperate. 600 pounds, sciatica, uh, exactly. gout. What else, yeah. David? What exactly. else do you need to have? Oh, so I think uh, Gout's a rich person one. I don't know uh, if that Okay, sorry. Yeah. Gingivitis. There you go. <laughs> Scurvy. That, yeah, they're the ones that succeed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you keep on pushing this mental thing. Well, it's it's true. It is it is all mental. Your body will get you through whatever obstacle you yeah, want true. to put it through. No whatever. Matter how much I want to make fun of you right now, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 
it's true. Uh, it's, it's true. The truth. It's true. A very, it's a very truth. good friend of ours, very good friend of the family. Um, I'm sure Christine has met him. He's a guy that uh, grew up in the Maritimes. He actually grew up in a lighthouse. So he's the guy that grew up in a lighthouse. Um, and uh, he often talks about how he grew up, how like, you know, in the area that he grew up in, his father and mother taught him, um, you know what, uh, we got to do everything ourselves. So you got to figure it out, right? Because there's no one, you can't call anyone to come do it. So we got to do it all ourselves. As this guy is like, he's so good natured. He's so mm -hmm. good natured and he can do anything. And he talked about a lot of the jobs that he had that involved manual labor. And he said over the years, um, the young people that came and worked with him were less and less capable of maintaining like a stamina of being able to do a labor kind of job. They just couldn't do it. And you're right. A lot of it is mental. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that it is a willingness to challenge yourself. Like, I really don't think that I would have been able to have this job when I was younger. Like, if I had started this job when I was 18 or 19, I don't think that I would have had the capability to just keep pushing myself. But I think tree planting just came to me at a point in my life where I was just ready to challenge myself. And I just... um had experienced the same thing over and over for so long. And um, I just really wanted to see what, what my limit was. And once I realized that it was beyond the physicality and it was just like a mind game, just being like, okay, the only thing I need to do is get through this hour. And then it's gets, get through this day. And then it's get through this week and then this month. And then the, the sooner then you know like the, the season so is it, over it basically it basically it prepares you for marriage am i right david prepares you for marriage right <laughs> exactly. david high five oh, high five yeah, yeah david yeah right got me <laughs> ball of jane am i right david um miriam <laughs> <laughs> Not the ball and shame miriam miriam you were you going Mara. were you going back to school like after you did tree planting or no, I okay. wasn't. And that was what was um, so special about planting too. And the same thing with all the people that I started planting with. No one was in school. I think maybe I had one friend out of like, I don't know, like 12 people that were in school. All of us were doing it sort of as a like a challenge and just sort of something to do to sustain ourselves for the rest of the year and travel Oh, okay. Um. So I hadn't come into planting as a student job. And the more I did it, like the seasons that I came back, I really saw it as an actual job. And mm. so many of the friends that I made there and people that I met saw it as an actual career, like it is a full on commitment that they made to this like way of living. Mm -hmm. Um. But there are a lot of students that do it as um, a student job because you can make so much money so quickly and you're your own boss which is the most appealing thing I think for most people there, there I mean like I know the summers that I did uh construction um you know I love doing construction but at the same time towards the end of you know August it really made me excited to go back to university you know so it was a good break it uh, taught you to be humble and then you were ready to go back to university. There was something, I, I think there was just something um, very fulfilling about, you know, doing that kind of labor work and going back to study. 
Um, but just, Miriam was already finished her. She's yeah. already graduated. Yeah, that's why I asked her that question. Yeah, oh. so. Um, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> okay, now, David, I'm going to switch it back to Miriam in a second. But David, yeah, tell me a little bit about the cult of lifeguarding like how like how do you you like get new people into like the 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 way of the lifeguard like how do well, they how do they drag you how do they get you in what do they do what are the things they do it's it's a continuous churn because we teach these kids swimming lessons we get them involved in the pool they join the swim team they join the water polo team they join the oh so you're grooming them at a young they age do this yes you're, yes, you're grooming you. children <laughs> yeah for at a young age yeah. Okay. For lifeguarding. For life, okay. Fine. For lifeguarding. For lifeguarding. For lifeguarding. So, yeah, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad at it. Like, I feel like I need to put a, a fine point on that one. Okay. To... All right. Yeah. yeah. That's what we were talking about. Okay. Go on. But yeah, you, you um, like if you're one of those kids that hangs around the pool all day, then you eventually you think, target well, them. I want to keep go, doing hey, this. Look at that young kid I hanging get paid around the to pool. Do this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then you're like, yeah, hey, kid, you want to make some money? And instead of a shovel, it's a whistle, and you still hold your hand up. Sitting atop the lifeguarding chair. Okay, but the yeah, life, you, you, you see that big chair? You could sit on it. Yeah. But, the, but the lifeguarding, it's it's pretty, it's like, it's pretty, like, you're not really doing any kind of work or anything. No, it's it's very much... Um, Sitting around like, getting a tan. Anyway, like, especially these, like, these summer pools that, that we grew up on in the West Island, Montreal. Like, I'm not, I don't want to disparage, like, beach lifeguarding or real mm -hmm. lifeguarding, but what we did was not, <laughs> not high level. There was no, there was very little uh, supervision on us. We could hang out at the pools after hours and drink and stay there overnight. And Whoa. it really was like, Whoa. yeah, it was not. Um, Summer loving, having yeah. a blast, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's that kind of, it's that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was a very slack job. It, yeah. it really okay. was. But yeah. what Miriam is doing, though, this yeah. was physically punishing. Yeah. Right? So to stay in the cult, what do they do to get you to stay in the cult? How do they keep your spirits up? Well, uh, drinking also. <laughs> we have we have three days of work, and then the third day, you'd have a night off and the night off was when we made a big fire and then the whole camp would come together and we'd have some beers and everyone would talk and have fun and wind down from the big big days and then as cringe as it sounds it was just it is all about community like people would just mm -hmm. connect with each other in ways that they hadn't ever before because you're in the middle of the forest you have no cell service you have no distractions there's nothing to do but to talk to your peers and it's a something that um i feel like again not to be cringe but our society isn't used to doing anymore like just mm -hmm. truly connecting with people around you um and so that's what makes it so appealing because you make like incredibly deep bonds incredibly quickly and you just trust these people like family and they just feel like people that you've known forever and so that's why people just keep coming back because they feel so seen and so understood and feel like they can be completely themselves and that that's what clouds over the incredibly hard and taxing component of the actual planting job 
Well, I'm going to be earnest for a second, okay? Okay. I love Ernest Frank. Yeah. Let's I'm go. Gonna be, I'm going to be earnest, okay? I'll be Frank. Okay. I think our number's Hi, different, Ernest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People stop listening. I, 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 I know Farrah Roxanne is shaking her head like she doesn't think I can be earnest, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be earnest. All right. I think after seeing my uh, son do it, do it, and then Cyrus then saying to our youngest daughter, uh, not Cyrus and I, we don't have a daughter together, but his, uh, my youngest daughter, his little sister. I just want to be clear. David wanted to be clear, so I wanted to be clear. Why can't I also have I don't clarity? know who would have messed that up. I'm just, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Cyrus and I are very close. Okay. okay so your, your son and youngest daughter. <laughs> yes. And then he really wanted her to go. She, you know, 17 turning 18. And the one thing I really like about it is that it allows you to go to a space where there's a bunch of people that don't necessarily or probably don't know each other. So you come to a common area and you get to be yourself without your shitty friend telling everyone else who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you get to project who you are and it's a chance for other people to meet you as who you are at that moment without all of the baggage that you may not want to have yeah, brought exactly. to a situation. And I think for that in itself, it's it's absolutely amazing. I know it's really, really hard work. I can easily see, um, uh, you know, how much it means to people. There's so many documentaries and about tree planting. So people are clearly very connected to it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if I was teaching high school and, uh, and, uh, or SAGEP or, you know, I, I would be encouraging young people to go do it. I, I actually think maybe it should be a little bit more organized by federal and provincial governments yeah. a little bit more rather than these, um, awful corporations, <laughs> you know? No, I agree. I agree. It's such a life changing experience for so many people. And I think that a lot of people that are drawn towards tree planting are people that are kind of hoping for a clean slate, kind of like you were referencing before, just like wondering what it would be like to just be seen fully as yourself without having to put up any masks. And what is really interesting too about that environment is that you can be seen at, at your best, like the projection that you want people to see you as, and then as your absolute worst when you've had like the most terrible day and you just can't contain your emotions and still your friends choose you at the end of the day and they're still by you and they still love you. And knowing that people have seen both of those sides of you it just feels so raw and so special and incredibly hard to mm. um, recreate in the normal world. That sounds lovely. And honestly, I, I wonder if it should be a greater part of a teacher's curriculum if they're working with people who are like 15. I don't know if you're allowed doing it at the age of 15. I'm not sure how old how old you're allowed to, to do it. I don't know if it's just Yeah, there, the there are loss. young people that do it, but yeah. I, I think that it's that specific uh companies and you have to know someone in management just, it would I be think, very hard i think it's, it's a great thing to actually like just spend some time with your students i know like uh you know spring end of semester you know they're they're always panicking about exams i wish they would stop doing that and try and talk to them a little bit more about like what you could do in the summer and then you know especially for this generation 
you know, um, planting trees, I think is something that's, you know, going to be more and more important, right? So yeah. it appeals to them on on many levels rather than, you know, going to work at a mall. Existentially. Or, yeah, yeah, it it, mm -hmm. it does. See, there was, I can be earnest, David, you see? Yeah, I, I know. It's just that no one else wants to hear it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> God, give the people what they want. All right, let's just wrap that up then. Anyone else have anything to say about uh, summer jobs, summer employment? I think um, you make a good point about uh, the the focus at the end of the school year, just being so strictly on exams and uh, demonstrating your how well. If that that's the the claim is that it's a demonstration of your your acquisition of the knowledge and the, the competencies and all that, but switching a focus into more of a an exploration of life outside of the space you've been within um i think a lot of people would find value value in that since um those kind of life skills types of conversations and courses tend to be streamed towards people that have been decided they're not gonna they're not gonna really uh this this academia thing or this school thing is not for them so that's let's, true let's too them in that direction no that that's um, really and true then, yeah mm -hmm. and 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 for like the teachers to talk about that value <laughs> Yeah. Right. Because yeah. usually they're not talking about that being a value, you know, at, at all. No. And and I think that, um, again, like the Scandinavian countries, you know, where they put a high value on yeah. things that, you know, people do that in other countries are. And this time I'm actually being earnest that are, that are not so value in like yeah. United States, for instance, you know, like yeah. they do put a high value on on on, on trades and we pretend yeah. we do, but we don't in schools we yeah. don't put a high value on trades oh my god i've been so earnest for so long i oh, must hurt. all all hail the crew chief that's the most important thing that we remember from this <laughs> uh miriam do you have anything you want to plug anything that's going on in your life that people might want to come and see that you're doing i know that you're Ooh. now working you have a government job yeah. you're walking the streets for the government um, i do i do yeah, walking you know, the streets, walking the streets right. is there anywhere we can see you walking the streets mm. anywhere that people could like why don't you deliver mail and go and, <laughs> and say hey hey there she is you know <laughs> exactly. but for money can we pay for that is what i'm trying to say you can't you really can't you can only come and be my audience while i uh deliver eviction notices oh. uh in anjou in quebec oh. uh and maybe you can help me hand out some uh, flyers you know and oh, because I'm a paper boy. You think that's all I'm good exactly, at? Exactly, exactly. Well, I told you I was shitty at that job. I was shitty at that job. Christine, only uh, in the morning. You were good in the afternoon. <laughs> Christine, anything you want to plug? Nope. No, no, nothing. You don't want to talk about social media, or always talking about social media? Mm, well, I can tell the people that they can find us on any podcast that you know that they choose whether apple or whatever um we're on we're on facebook yep. we're on instagram yep and and twitter and twitter right and christine the insubordinate teacher there and christine <laughs> also wants all of the people that worked for her in the past to uh she just wants to let, let them know that, that she owes them some back pay she's uh <laughs> done some calculations <laughs> and she owes them back pay and so they can just come back to um, uh, to Mama Pimp, and uh, she'll give them a little bit of money. Okay. No, she wants hell no. To that's know that. all gone. Farrah Roxanne, gone. anything? Anything, Farrah Roxanne? Anything? Uh, Nothing. No, I just have the social media stuff, but it's already been said. So. All right, uh, David, you're still popping up, babies. 
Yeah, so pumping yeah. up babies, happy yeah. to be back. Uh, another baby on the way very soon, so All uh, right. it might disappear uh, again. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so on behalf of everybody from the In Sport New Teacher Podcast, bye. You, bye. 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 Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Hey, everyone. So I'm supposed to welcome that like, this podcast is about the broad field of education, but... It's a comedy thing as well. So it's got like satire stuff in it and sometimes bad words they use like fuck, asshole or shit, but stuff like that. No words worse than fuck. Yeah, no, I, I think no words worse than fuck are used. Anyways, people on this podcast don't really represent any institution like whatsoever. So don't be all ah, over what's being said. Just chill calm down and relax bro it's gonna be fun okay hey the insubordinate teacher would like to thank all the people at freesound.org for putting up such amazing sounds that we're all allowed to use It's made our job trying to be creative a lot easier, and I'm sure for all the teachers out there, you're going to be able to use this too and come up with some creative ideas in your classroom. So check it out, freesound.org. Go to the merch section, buy a shirt. I did. Donate some money. I did. Be thankful there are people out there who are creative and are trying to inspire other people to be creative too. And check out our Facebook page where you can find the references for all the cool sounds we use. And of course, thank you to the Rude Boys of Shiraz for that awesome opening song. So, bye!